Hello, and welcome to What the Denmark, the show that decodes Danish culture, as well as our in-depth research that explains why something so normal in Denmark is confusing to outsiders. We also want to shine a light on people adapting to the Danish way of life. These episodes will feature an interview with someone about what they have learned from living in Denmark, how this compares to their home culture, and any things they wish they had learned earlier. What the Denmark is all about resolving cultural confusion, and so the more we can talk about these differences, both serious and, let's be honest, funny, the better. If you or someone you know has some interesting tips or stories to share, then stick around to the end for details on how to appear on the show. Okay, let's get started. Today's guest, Guki, recently moved to Denmark from her home country of Georgia to study for her master's degree. Although it was chance and the pursuit of a higher quality education that led Guki to Denmark, Scandinavian culture has always intrigued her. My name is Gunnar Gunnarsvili, but everybody calls me Guki. I am originally from Georgia, but unexpectedly around three years ago, Four years ago, I ended up in Denmark, in Aarhus. It was not the intentional choice. I entered the program to continue my master's degree. And it happens that Aarhus University was the host university for the program for the first year. And that's how I ended up in Denmark, actually. Interesting. But, uh, I'm glad I did. <laughs> oh. I have always been interested in Scandinavian countries. I'm kind of fascinated by the cultural society was very interesting and I found it the most different from what I grew up in where I lived. I always had an interest but I never knew that I would find an opportunity to not only come and visit but actually experience living in one of the countries which then happened to be Denmark eventually. I've never been to Georgia and know very little about the culture so I asked Guki to paint a picture of what life is like in the country. It's not economically very stable country, and therefore people have hard times. They face much more social hardships than they would uh, living in Europe. So that's the first thing. Um, we come from the country which is not that stable, not that developed. Yeah. And Georgia is on the border with Russia. Is that right? Was it part of the USSR? Yes, it was. And... Uh, that's the kind of a shadow that still haunts uh, the country and mm-hmm. we are still trying to get out on our feet and it's been already 30 years of that fight so it hasn't been easy um, just because living in that region is also always connected with different kinds of issues and even dangers like i experienced war when i was 12. So that's still the fresh memory in my head. And it has also affected my choices in life or my profession, what I was passionate about, what I wanted to, the country that I really wanted to leave, how I really wanted it to be. It's experience that is traumatizing, but of course also helps you to open your eyes. Georgia sits between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea, on the same latitude as Rome and Barcelona, and shares a border with Turkey, which led me to wonder if the culture there could be compared to the Mediterranean. The most similar that you can put us into, like yeah. Greek people, Italian people, uh, their temperament and their character, we are much close to them. Mm. Like Georgian people are also loud people, big families, um, 
talking with our hands all the time. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's kind of, you know, stereotypical things, but yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> Danes are understandably proud of their traditional food. Denmark is particularly famous for its open sandwiches, smørbrød, made with their distinct and delicious rye bread, which lots of people new to the country grow to love. However, for countries that seem so different, it turns out Danish and Georgian cuisines are not as different as you might expect. I actually started to eat so much more rye bread since I'm in Denmark. Yeah. That was a cultural breakthrough. <laughs> I We don't really eat that much of rye bread in Georgia. It's not really a thing. But here I started to eat it so much, and especially the tiny nuts and seeds and everything in it make it so much better. But funny thing, I remember the first time when I arrived and everybody was so excited for me because I was going to spend the Christmas here and they said, Cookie, you are there for a treat. We are going to prepare the pudding and we are going to have the whole almond gift. And mm-hmm. I was so excited. And then I see this rice pudding is actually the rice pudding <laughs> which I grew up with. <laughs> And I said, all the post-Soviet countries will agree with me when I say that this is just the thing that kids in the kindergartens used to eat a lot. And my grandma used to make it as well at home. And it was our typical breakfast. You had Christmas every day. I had Christmas every day, but we don't put almonds in it. So that's something extra that definitely caught my interest. And I, I love it. I even suggested that to my grandma. So I told her, we missed one extremely important ingredient mm. in your rice pudding. So now even she puts it. Really? So, <laughs> yes. So now we have an uh, international dish at home prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had no idea that rice pudding, which I've now grown to associate entirely with Christmas, was a typical breakfast in Soviet countries. Which made me wonder, what other dishes would you normally find in Georgia? We have very nice cuisine. That's one thing I'm extremely proud of my country, that we appreciate good food and we love to share it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eat a lot of meat, that's for mm-hmm. sure, but we also eat a lot of nuts and nut sauce. One thing that we're most famous for is actually our traditional dumplings. Dump- it's called hinkali. Okay. And if you love dumplings, I'm pretty sure you are going to like it as well. Unfortunately, there is no Georgian restaurant here in Denmark. Oh my gosh, that was my next question. Yeah, so guess what's my next big project? I'm opening the Georgian food stand sometimes. I'm thinking that it could have a potential because a variety of food is so colorful and you can always find your vegetarian options and you can always find things that meat lovers eat. I'm pretty sure Danes might actually enjoy it. So we will have to wait patiently for our chance to try Georgian food. When it comes to alcohol, and indeed table culture and hospitality, it seems Denmark and Georgia have completely different styles. The drinking cultures are really different. Mm. Danes can have one can of beer and they will sit on a table and they will talk for hours and just spend this one hour with their one can of beer, mostly just mm-hmm. um, talking, discussing, just having the time. In Georgia, we don't really drink like that because there's this whole table culture that we follow if you are on a traditional big Georgian table you will find a one person and mostly it's the men mm-hmm. 
who is in charge of saying and offering beautiful talks. <laughs> and this whole culture of saying toast is poetry in itself. <laughs> so we always say one toast, and then everybody joins it and we drink for it. And I was telling Dave, and they found it so weird that we drink wine as shots、uh, because we have a different kind of glasses for it. So somebody on the table says the toast, we all join, and then we all drink for it. Then, if you really want to respect the table that you are with, you mostly just drink with everybody else.、Mm. So、um, you end up completely wasted <laughs> in the end.、Yeah. And mostly, this is the home gathering、mm. because the host that invites you also makes sure that you enjoy the feast as it's supposed to be enjoyed.、Mm. Our cultures are more closer to the. Casual European drinking style, where you just go and have one drink and enjoy it. But if you go to somebody's family, you should expect that you will be asked to drink. If somebody was to get invited to a Georgian、uh, family meal, would you be expected to bring a bottle of something? This has been changing lately. People actually started to bring food or drink or anything as a gift. To the families, but it used to be that if you are invited, host also makes sure that they have everything enough.、Mm. Um, this whole culture of Georgian hospitality is、mm. very much rooted into our past and how noble families used to see themselves. Like you are as rich as many guests you can actually accept. Yeah, yeah, it's almost. If people have to bring stuff, that kind of implies that you don't have the resources. Exactly, and it's some people might even take that as a little bit of an offense. That,、mm. and also the thing is that in a lot of families up until now, people do make their own wine.、Mm. People actually buy grapes and make their own wine. So when you go also with a family feast, there's a big chance that people will be hosting you with their own homemade wine.、Mm. Having lived here for a while, I asked Yuki to share any tips she would have for someone planning to move to Denmark. It very much depends where you come from, and how different your own culture is from Scandinavia. So I think we should first of all take our own differences into consideration before planning any kind of move, and you should be sure. How ready you are to open yourself up to the new experiences. Let's say that you are trying to prepare somebody who comes from Georgia. What would be the important things to say to them?、Uh, I would tell them that it won't be that easy to make friends <laughs> because the relationships work differently. Georgians are extremely open and very loud. <laughs> We love making friends.、Uh, we even have a thing that. Guest is a blessing. For example, you show up to your friend's house, and that's not a problem. <laughs> so I would tell them to be passionate and patient.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it takes time to find people who really understands of you, but also who are open to、yeah. this new experience. So, when it comes to being in Georgia, the idea of friendship is. A bit more open. It's a bit more fluid. 
Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. People in general are very much e easier to build friendships with. But I'm not saying that those friendships are any more valuable than the ones that takes for work here. Mm. I myself are more of an introvert and I'm already always cautious about friendships that I'm trying to make. I even found it at some point comforting that nobody pressured me into right away being their best friend. If you, mm. if you, if people actually give time and take time to see what kind of people we really are. Hmm. And I started to appreciate that. Interesting. So when moving to Denmark, you might need to approach building personal relationships in a different way. On that note, if you haven't already, do check out the Making Friends episodes that we make on What the Denmark. We dive into the theory and practice of building personal relationships when arriving in the country. Another peculiarity that often strikes people new to Denmark, and that definitely struck me, is how Danish people use weak numbers when making plans. One thing that I always used to confuse me, and it still does, Danes obsession with weeks. Why do you tell me that our next meeting will be on the week 12, oh, Friday yes. at 1pm or something? Please tell me which day is it, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always joke about it that first time I started to get even university invites and such stuff, the invitations would say week 10. It freaked me out. I mean week 10. Do I count this weeks in this year? Where do I start it? It took me a little bit of Googling and adjusting to <laughs> get myself introduced to this whole new thing. But they love it. Yeah. And it's one of these things where if, if everybody knows it, it is quite an efficient way of doing it. I've had to do a setting on my Google Calendar where it shows the week number. Yeah, so, I, only after moving into Denmark, I actually found that my phone has that, has that function. Yeah. <laughs> and all the calendars actually do have that function. I never, ever paid attention. That's yeah. just the thing. But you were very right. Once you get used to it, then you don't even know how you never used it before. As we've seen already, the cultures and attitudes in Denmark and Georgia are quite different. I asked Guki for her perspective on what the key differences are and why that might be. I always thought of the Scandinavia as people in general, as extremely structured, motivated and also hardworking people, and I still feel like that. Hmm. So to be very specific, attitude towards life are very different, I would say. One uh, thing particular I always like to talk about with my Danish friends is that you are privileged people in a lot of sense, and they are aware of it, but they also admit that they are very proud of their countries, societies and the systems that they were able to build. But uh, I haven't noticed hmm. unhealthy bragging about it. Is there much national pride in Georgia? Oh, yes. And that's what I considered unhealthy. We love our country, mm. but we also think <laughs> that we are the best in the world. And sometimes that blindfolds you and you cannot see the actual issues that you're facing. And uh, you have to be very constructive and critical mm. to yourself to be able to then 
solve the issues that you're actually facing. So patriotism is, is not always the best thing. But you can be critical yeah. uh, about Denmark and their things that I don't like, right? And I will try to discuss it with them and see what they are thinking about it. And so far, I have been able to have debates and conversations. Mm. And that's mm. definitely a good experience. You can have that conversation with a Georgian person, but I <laughs> I'm pretty sure that eventually they will get very defensive. Because even though I I also clearly see a lot of issues about my country, I always want to defend it. I believe the circumstances that our countries developed were so different from each other. Mm. That I always tell Danes, you don't have Russia right in the neighborhood. Consider that as a lucky point. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's always interesting to hear which aspects of Danish society and life in Denmark strike people most when they move to the country. I asked Guki to tell me about the behaviours and attitudes in Denmark that really stand out to her. I learned people have completely different perception of voluntary work and fundraising here. Okay. And I think this also comes from the fact that people here can't actually afford to be subscribers to fans or to actually do the voluntary work, but also they take pride in doing so. Mm. And it's actually a very nice gesture from a person to have a voluntary experience or to be a frequent voluntary for any kind of uh, issue or an event or so. And um, I could never imagine that back in my country. First of all, people barely have enough for themselves. Therefore, for me to work there as a fundraiser and uh, especially the street promoter and meet them on the street and suddenly give them this whole sailing speech and tell them how amazing they will be if they contribute into something, I'm just putting a lot of guilt on them. Mm. But here, people are actually willing to listen to you and they are interested in having their favorite funds or organizations that they would like to contribute to. I constantly used to meet people who would say, I'm not subscribed to any organization right now, but I'm looking for one, which is something so interesting to me because that could never happen if this was a Georgian experience. Wow. And I was now thinking about the families. Mm-hmm. I love Danish parents and their attitudes toward their children. They okay. give them much more freedom and a space for self-development than I have experienced as a child who grew up in Georgia. Mm. I felt that Danish parents put less obligations on their children. Mm-hmm. And they're more respectful towards their personal choices. When you come from a more conservative society like I do, there are certain things that your parents expect you to do. Hmm. After you finish your school, you are supposed to go to the university. You are then supposed to find a job. You are then supposed to have your own family and so on. There is a lot of uh, self-worth attached to what you have achieved in certain ages. And I always... I find that very problematic about my society. And I find that how different it is in Denmark. And I started to like it much more and respect that way more. 
I wasn't expecting Gookie's surprise and delight with the queuing culture in Denmark. I've seen the long queues, just people standing there waiting for their turn, and they're okay with it. <laughs> in Georgia, there will be a lot of noise. Why can't we do this work? Like, let's do this quicker. This is taking so much time. People are not working well. Yeah, that would be much more noise. Really? So, so if there was a long queue in Georgia, the people would start... People would be complaining. But they'd, they'd be complaining because they think the workers aren't working hard enough. Yes. And the second point, you would never see a straight line of the queue in Georgia. <laughs> That's not happening. Everybody's coming, standing next to you and asking, are you the last? And then just stay with you. <laughs> like, no, you should go behind me. So when I came here and I found the piece that I could just stand there in my line yeah. by myself <laughs> and you... just wait for my turn to come. That was the pleasure and a peace of mind that I found there that I could actually take my book if I need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you remember to take the little ticket? I, I love this. That so, gives got... me this sense of control. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of What the Denmark. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, then head to whatthedenmark.com. We can also get in touch about appearing on the show. We love hearing from our listeners and sharing their stories. A big thanks to Alice Sewell for producing and Tevin Sudi for editing the show. You can follow our Facebook group to discuss the ideas in this episode. And do consider telling a friend about the podcast if you think they'd enjoy it. As always, time for our Danish sign-off. Vi ses næste gang. My parents are still scared of even me just talking about biting. Really? When you have to see Georgian streets and how our traffic works. Uh, so they <laughs> they think that it's the same here. So every time I start about talking about getting a bike or I start biking and so on, you should see their faces. <laughs> it's like, are you sure, darling? Do you, do you really, <laughs> really want that? Yes. <laughs> it takes a lot of explaining to people back at home why it is so good and why it's so safe here to do mm. that.